lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. We are live and on demand here on Blades TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. And we hope maybe at some point, if the technology cooperates, Tim Young, uh, conservative comedian extraordinaire, will be joining us for the Dace Group Roundtable. Obviously, this is not my normal set. This is not my normal sound. I believe this is called pulling the the full Ben Shapiro, where you just Skype in to do your live show while you're out on the speaker circuit. Uh, I've never done that before, um, but uh, I'm actually live in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, as we speak. Uh, So if you live in the North Carolina area, I'm going to be speaking at three places around the state over the next couple of days. All this information is all on my social medias. So look for Steve Dace on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Uh, look for me as well, at Steve Dace Show on Getter and Twitter. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. All this information is there. But for those of you that uh, don't have access to that right now, I'm speaking for at a fundraiser. Uh, take that to mean that uh, you'll be asked for money. Uh, I'll be speaking at a fundraiser tonight at Prime Barbecue in Nightdale. That's just outside the Raleigh-Durham area. And then tomorrow, um, I'm going to be doing a couple of events. These are free to attend. Uh, but Faith and Freedom Coalition would ask that you would provide an uh, online RSVP if you want to look them up online to do that. I'm going to be at the Soiree on South at 11 a.m. tomorrow in Aberdeen, and then the Clubhouse at Abington in Harrisburg at 5 p.m. tomorrow. So we're doing three different speaking engagements uh, here in North Carolina while I'm here over the weekend. And again, all this information is up on the socials if you want to get it from there, please feel free to come by and say hello. Todd, let's make sure you can hear me and everything okay Okay, there. How are you? I'm good. Sorry, I, I had Todd's mic on, which happens to be your mic today. Sorry. And I'm trying to get a guest on right now, too. So sorry. Well, that's that. no excuse, Aaron. You're only coordinating four things live uh, at the same time. I know. We're, I know. We're juggling chainsaws here in Des Moines. I'm good. What's going right, on? So I, I sound good to you. Yeah. How's the trip? Uh, the trip has gone uh, fairly well. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's fascinating flying without masks for the first time in two years. Yeah, is there a different vibe? Are people just, like, dancing in the hallways? There is a completely different vibe. I will say there was still about 25% of the people that I saw voluntarily wearing those chokers, uh, the Chinese face diapers that don't work. I'd say 20 25% of people were voluntarily wearing them. Uh, but uh, there is a dramatically different vibe. But it is still American airline travel, not American Airlines. You know, I avoid that as often as I can. Uh, it's still American airline travel. So, of course, there had to be a delay last night. Uh, so I didn't get in here until almost 1 a.m. last evening. So if I'm a little slow on the uptake, then there's the time change from Central to Eastern. If I'm a little slow on the uptake, I trust that the two of you can more than compensate uh, for that. Uh, and so let's, of course, let you know it's a typical Friday program. We will get to Feedback Friday coming up in the second hour of the show. But let's begin, as we always do with the day screw. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you first and foremost by our friends over at Freedom Project 
education. I got to know these people personally. We were in the trenches uh, together in the fight against Common Core about a decade ago. And from there, they went on and launched Freedom Project Academy. And I saw firsthand how good of an operation that is because my own son was enrolled in there uh, a couple of, for a couple of years. So what I, I can tell you firsthand, here's what they teach you uh, and your children. Uh, critical thinking, how to think, not what to think, mastery of subject matter that matters, not spirit of the age, demonic propaganda. So if you want your children to be educated the way that the founders were, they have perfected it and done it via an online academy that you'll definitely want to check out. But hey, we're telling you about this now in the middle of May because spots are already filling up for the fall. So go to Freedom for School, that's F-O-R, freedomforschool.com to learn more and get a free information packet right now at freedomforschool.com. Let's get to issue one of our weekly look at the week that was. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. University of Michigan proudly presents you the honorary degree Doctor of Science. Ask your insights on when we will no longer call the current COVID public health emergency a pandemic. Are there criteria? Are there benchmarks? What kind of a process will we go through to make that determination? No, there is really no firm, widely acceptable definition. I now confer upon you Anthony Fauci, the degree Doctor of Science, and admit you to all of its rights, honors, and privileges. We didn't really understand the fatality rate. You know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly of the elderly, kind of like flu is, although a bit different than that. It's pretty clear because young people uh, don't get sick from the disease very often, uh, that we probably, if we knew everything we know today, we would have shut schools down a lot less than we did during this pandemic. You gotta be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. My mother didn't have a choice, so I'm here. But I had 57 years of misery. If she had a choice, she would have made different decisions, and I might not have been here, and nobody would have been the wiser. I believe in democracy. And I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not the Constitution. are of teenage women, um, particularly low income and often black, who um, aren't in a position to be able to care I for think children. The greatest in the world is bringing children into the world that have disease from their parents that have no chance in the world to be a human being, practically. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I can make sweet love to that person because that person is a hero <laughs> to me, okay? And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative, if the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. 
Imagine laughing and smiling at that. Yikes. All right. Do we have Tim? We do not. We're going to try Skype next. Okay. Well, then, Todd, you get the first question. What made you most want to bleach your brain this week? Well, I have the same reaction that you just had, Steve, to that. And it could easily be that. But go all the way back to the beginning. This is perfectly bookended. One of the things Aaron really does and everybody should be paying attention is he doesn't like randomly put this together uh, on many days. There's an order to things. uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if he bookended this way because that ridiculous Karen on there uh, heinously talking about uh, killing babies and the audience thinking that's the funniest thing ever. The same thing happened at the beginning of his montage at the University of Michigan mm-hmm. with with Fauci up there and the clapping seals. Yay! It, his 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 leadership during COVID was just as heinous, just as broken, just as utterly chaotic as what that woman just said. And the response from the University of Michigan. This has nothing to do with Steve and football or anything like this. It just happens to be Michigan, but one of the uh, most, uh, it, it, the Ivy League of public education, Michigan is there in the top five. And the the smart set there is clapping like train seals for the so-called accomplishments of a man who should have been fired a long time ago and likely belongs in jail. I, I our, our, our education system is producing idiots and enemies of the state and no matter what happens in the coming election here that's the long-term problem and no election is going to fix that in the near term i'll just piggyback off of what you said there about fauci and uh, the university of michigan uh, people that are gen x or boomers in our audience oh, one two there he is <laughs> We have Tim. All right, we'll go to him in a second. But people who are in our audience who are boomers, Gen Xers, so Todd, you and I's generation, and then our parents' generation, uh, you guys, of course, remember the classic uh, work of Rush Limbaugh, The Way Things Ought to Be, one of the greatest selling nonfiction books in the history of American publishing. And one of the figures that Rush mentions in that book, and that book was published in 1992, guys, 30 years ago is when that book came out. One of the names that Rush mentioned in his book, and he used to mention her on his program back in the day frequently, is the name Catherine McKinnon. Does that name ring a bell to you, Todd? Catherine McKinnon. It does, but I'm not going to help be helpful getting any further than that. All right. Well, Catherine McKinnon was the name of the law professor that Rush used to talk about back in the day who taught her students the feminist lesbian law professor who taught her students that all heterosexual sex is rape. Uh, Do you remember this now? uh, Yeah. Including within marriage. It is an act of rape because it is an act of imposition and insertion by the male to violate the bodily autonomy of the female, even if it's consensual within a marriage. She taught this 30 years ago. Rush was talking about this, right? think, Think about it. This seems... Uh, bat poop crazy in 2022, given everything we're talking about every day, right? That sounds crazy today. When did it sound like in 1992 when Rush was talking about her? Uh, I don't know that he ever actually mentioned, though, what university Catherine McKinnon taught law at. Todd, do you know? Yes. Was it Michigan? The University of Michigan, yes, is where Catherine McKinnon taught 
uh, that to her students. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is you mentioned it. Uh, it is uh, every year in the U.S. News and World Report rankings. It's a top five institution amongst public uh, public or top five college and university amongst public institutions every single year. It is the elite of public universities. And so this is nothing new. Josh McDowell, the great Christian apologist, once told me the only place he's ever been in the whole world, man, in the whole world, he's been to some hostile places preaching the gospel all over the world. The only place he truly felt like he might be unsafe was an event at the University of Michigan. By the way, Josh is a Michigan resident, okay? So this is practically his home school. So this is not new. Um, I mean, the great attorney Clarence Darrow, who represented the, uh, the, 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 the side of evolutionist in the Scope Monkey trial way back yesteryear. We're talking Inherit the Wind stuff. Where did Clarence Darrow go to school? The University of Michigan. So on the academic side, Michigan has, has certainly created its share of radicalist, secularist, and now nutty and uh, Joseph Mengele-like professors, because other than being wrong about everything or being demonically right about everything, if you catch my drift, Anthony Fauci is certainly a swell dude. Now we'll go to Tim. Tim, I don't know how much of the montage you were able to see, so you can go off the grid if you want to pick something that just really made you want to bleach your brain this week. Yeah, uh, trying to connect your show. Uh, that's obviously been an issue for me this week. That's really made me <laughs> furious. By the way, I didn't think you could get sexier, Steve, but there you are in a hotel room. I mean, that's like every one of your viewers. Fa are they paying extra for this? Is this is the overtime today? I want to make Good. sure, too, man. We scrubbed this room. I didn't want any moments like that chick on the BBC had a couple weeks ago, if you know what I'm talking about. So everything <laughs> in this room was put away. There's nothing. We, I mean, we went over this thing uh, with a fine-tooth comb for no embarrassing moments, yes. So you know who my, my person of the week, honestly, when I think about it, is Sean Hannity, who I, I got to tell you, man, that guy has shown his true colors uh, with this Kathy Barnett, Dr. Oz thing. Number one, nobody should know like who Kathy Barnett is, but the 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 establishment GOP has made it such an issue now with uh, Rich Grinnell and uh, Sean Hannity. And I'm sure we'll hear from Lindsey Graham because, you know, anytime Sean Hannity weighs in, his girlfriend's not far behind. And, and, like, I don't understand what they're losing their minds on this about. And and I would want I, I think that you would want somebody like a Kathy Barnett in, in Pennsylvania instead of a, uh, you know, Mitt Romney with a grifty TV show like Dr. Oz. So I, I just don't understand. But he's showing his, his true colors as someone who will go with any kind of establishment TV hack instead of uh, real human beings when it comes to elections. But I think we knew that from Hannity before when he was pushing the vaccines and everything else. Right. Amen. Very well said. Totally agree. Aaron, what say you? Um. Worst of the week, uh, bowels of hell uh, spewing forth. It was actually me prior to the show. Todd asked me, I, I guess probably booking another guest, uh, or do we still have the avil ab ability to do Zoom? And I was like, yeah, I would actually prefer that. It's just our studio is set up to do Skype because every time we've used Zoom, it's been, you know, it's been a, a little bit better quality than Skype. Uh, just a mere breaths later, the computer that Zoom is on crashes. By the time I'm able to get it back up, Zoom will not launch and then tries <laughs> to do an update. And uh, I'm late getting the link to Tim once he actually does connect. We have some mysterious gremlins is in the system. And that is the worst of the week. Me saying, yeah, pra praising anything the Shycoms do, like Zoom, <laughs> is the worst of the worst of the week for me. 
Lessons, I deserve it. Lessons learned. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to ten, with one being the odds that Sean Hannity will stop letting Lindsey Graham come on his show to get to the bottom of nothing, and ten being the odds that Lindsey Graham enjoys being the bottom. <laughs> Rank this week's level of total depravity. Tim. Ten ladybugs. <laughs> nice. Todd. Always ten. Always ten. Aaron. Ten. Before I get to issue two, I don't know if we can, if, if, well, Todd's a lot skinnier than me, so you can make the camera work around him. Speaking of Lindsey Graham, feast your eyes on what Tyga Coolers put together for me. I don't know if we've ever shown this for Tim yet, but Tyga Coolers does customized coolers. They did this customized Lindsey Graham cooler lid just for <laughs> us in the show. <laughs> the top picture. I just saw the image at the top. Yes. They did that. By the way, that was on their own. I had nothing to do with that. They did that completely on their own. All right. They're big fans of the show. They're a great company. Uh, they're America first, American employees, American parts. And what's more America than taking the cooler out in the summertime? They have such great products and they can they can give you just a plain great cooler if you want. They can customize it for you if you want as well. They make for great gifts. And right now you can get 10% off with the promo code Steve, my first name, when you visit tigacoolers.com. That's T-A-I-G-A for tigacoolers.com and use the promo code Steve at checkout to get 10% off. They might even make you that Lindsey Graham one if you ask. All right, let's get to issue two, 180 days. The midterm elections are about six months away and we're already seeing red. The Real Clear Politics generic congressional ballot average currently has the GOP with a nearly four-point lead on May 16th of 2010. In other words, at this time in a similar environment over a decade ago, the RCP generic congressional ballot lead was just three-tenths of a point for the Republicans. But regardless of how things shake out in Congress, the midterms will be a referendum on the Biden administration. Back to the RCP average, it has Biden underwater in his approval rating by 11 and a half points. The latest poll released this week from Monmouth has Biden underwater by 17 points overall, minus 31 with independent voters, minus 31 with 18 to 34 year olds, and minus 50 with whites who have no college degree. Same Monmouth poll, by the way, had the widest chasm between right track, wrong track in the history of the Monmouth poll. 19% of Americans saying, we're on the right track, which I think just tells you now that's the percentage of Americans who are communists. Uh, 79% of Americans saying that we are on the wrong track. So, Tim, let's go to you with the first question here. The midterm elections, 180 days from today. What, if anything, can Democrats do to reverse the ominous trend lines that Aaron was just referring to? You know, I, I think they have this really great strategy of uh, destroying cities and burning them down. I think maybe if they can intimidate voters enough by uh, setting towns on fire, maybe spray painting in the streets, don't vote if you're Republican, will kill you. That's probably their best bet at this point, and I don't doubt they'd do it. Don't Crazy voices. Idea. Yeah. I, listen, that, that that's what they're going to do because they don't want to win this next election. They've been destroying... Uh, 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 domestically and uh, internationally uh, on, um, on multiple fronts. And the point is now to make things so bad 
to put the Republicans in control, where Republicans are often bad at controlling anything because uh, they won't do what needs to be done. This cycle is exactly what the Democrats uh, designed a long time ago, and it has worked. Their march through the institutions uh, against a competitor that is uh, far less an opponent than the Washington generals against the uh, Globetrotters. And listen, what that we're going to get, yeah, this dominating win, hosannas and all that, and then the hard decisions are going to have to be made. And Republicans don't make hard decisions, and they don't know how to fight in the dark alleys. So, yeah, just like Tim said, they're going to make things as bad as possible. Burn cities, kill babies, rail against Supreme Court decisions, mm-hmm. fight in the streets, and they're going to lose terribly. And then they're going to... Demog- I think it's beautifully ironic that uh, Elizabeth Warren is sitting there talking about the mi- the minority and the majority, and she actually lost by a clean majority vote. But then, but, but she is going to then, when in a minority, demagogue the hell out of issues, lie, cheat, steal, say it's all been the Republicans' fault all along. And unless something changes, it's going to work. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren's lament, I'm glad you mentioned that, Todd. It reminds me of yesterday when the Washington Post ran a headline about George Washington University's name is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> in the Washington Post, right? Uh, there is not even, the Democrats actually don't have a majority in the Senate. There are 50 Republicans, 48 Democrats. There are two independents that caucus with Democrats, and then Kamala Harris can break a tie as the vice president. So her argument, I mean, it fails on the level that you just mentioned, but it also fails on the level of she doesn't even know how, how many members of her own caucus she has in the chamber in which she represents. So, Aaron, what do you think? What, what, if anything, can Democrats do to reverse the trend line? And do you agree with with Todd that uh, that that this is on purpose? Largely, no. Largely, largely, I agree with both uh, Todd and 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 Tim. However, earlier this week, I, I got to thinking about this, and by using the same logic that Todd just laid out, why did they try tooth and nail? And why did they successfully steal the last election? Because the roots, the, the roots of the economic downturn that we that were laid and that that we're reaping right now, they were sown during the Trump administration. And the more I follow that lo- that line of logic, I think it's because they were afraid he would actually successfully dig us out. He and his administration would successfully dig us out of of the mess that they made, and they couldn't have that because what we're witnessing here, and I've I've repeated this over and over again, what we're witnessing here is the cloward pivoting of America. Cloward piven right. the strategy yeah. to tank the U.S. healthcare system in order to you know uh, build something new, and instead we're watching that play out on a much grander scale. So it doesn't matter who's in charge, just as long as things keep grinding down, they're winning and they're happy, and that's what we're witnessing here. Yep. If you're mm-hmm. new to the show, the Cloward Piven strategy that Aaron is referencing comes from Columbia University. Now, there there was a there was a, a a school of thought established in Germany in the 30s called the Frankfurt School, and these were people coming out of the Weimar Republic who were hardened, committed Marxists. Thought that was the only way to restore Germany to its prominent status. Then there was another group of fascists at that same time called the Nazis. And they were like, no, we kind of want to be the thugs around here instead. So they drove the Marxists out of that country so they could take over instead. And all this Frankfurt School did was just kind of export their ideologies to a few other universities around the world. 
one of them, a place called Columbia University there in the state of New York. Out of that came two professors that are married named Cloward and Piven, and they came up with a strategy in the 1960s. By the way, what university did Barack Obama go to? Guys? Same one. Same one. All right. And Cloward, this, these two married professors named Cloward and Piven came up with a strategy in the 1960s. They did TV interviews and everything like Margaret Sanger. They, they weren't hiding this. This was all out in the open. This is the Klaus Schwab kind of stuff. They literally said they were going to do it. All right. And their entire strategy was to so overrun the social welfare uh, safety net <clears throat> coming out of a great society that Americans would now have no alternative, would think that capitalism, freedom is completely unattainable, and they would have no alternative but completely turn themselves over to a command economy. That was the strategy. Uh, that, that the waste, fraud, and abuse was not a bug. It was a feature. They did all of this on purpose, and that's what you're referencing. And our good friend Josh Hammer has a piece up today over at Newsweek where he is the op-ed page editor, and he's trying to wrestle with this. He's like, and Josh is a very smart guy, and he's like, I'm trying to figure out has there ever been an administration in American history that did more to alienate people purposefully, that did more to stick with policies that have shown to fail purposefully? And I wrestled with that, guys, for a long time, too, until we finally I finally just gave myself over to Aaron's razor. One more time, Aaron. What is that? It's just demonic, bro. Yeah, it's just demonic, bro. <laughs> That's just what it is. And, you know, when you stop and think about it, um, Rules for Radicals is donated to – I'm sorry, is um, – uh, is devoted to who? Satan. Lucifer. Yeah. Marxism is a literal satanic ideology. Literal. Okay? So, you know, it, it's not just cheeky. It's it's probably also true. And there's... Let's, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I just think there's no greater sign of, of our current circumstances. It applies to what you just said, is that Tim's backyard down there in Texas, we have the slogans of don't mess with Texas, but they are one of the states struggling. They can't feed their babies with baby formula right now. I mean, really, if there's really a don't mess with Texas and we really have red states, that doesn't happen because over my dead body does that happen. But all we have is the Republicans we have who constantly get defeated at every level. Tim, I got to give you as a text in a minute to respond to that if you want to. Well, I don't have any kids that I know of, so it doesn't directly affect me, but I can understand how that would affect other parents. Let's get to the exit question. Tim, not eager to run to the defense of the Republican Party in Texas there, I see. <laughs> exit question. No. <laughs> if the result of the midterm elections, 180 days from today, if they were a rap song from the 1990s, which 1990s rap song would they be? A, sabotage, Democrats steal another election. B, mama said knock you out, Democrats get knocked the bleep out. Or C, my mind is playing tricks on me, Democrats end up defying all the data and polls, end up pulling some Bill Clinton level of triangulation and moderate and win. What do you think, Aaron, you first. B. Mama said knock you out. Yep. Okay. Tim, what do you think? It's B. B. Todd? It's B, but uh, parenthetically, empiric victory version. We've got about, what, two minutes here, Aaron? Can I ask an exit bonus question? Yes, we got two minutes. Yep. Okay, exit, exit bonus question. Tim, I'll go to you first. When the cameras are off and the Democrat intelligentsia is meeting and talking about these polling numbers and how things are looking in these midterms, what are they saying to each other, do you think? Tim, I'll start with you. Uh, this will give us an opportunity to blame Republicans 
for over the next two years and, and uh, be able to set up a fighting chance for a better candidate to run against either Trump or DeSantis? So you would, that's kind of Todd. That's kind of there's there. no other answer than that. That's exactly right. There's it's space Steve Day space bar space bar space bar. They're not f- afraid. They are not afraid of getting destroyed at a level that perhaps is probably going to be Steve. You know this stuff. It's going to be historic, isn't it? They're, I think the Republicans could really win seventy house yeah. seats, and they're not afraid mm-hmm. of it. They're just fine. Yeah, Aaron, what do you think? I, I think something along that that vein. I still I'm still holding out with one minute left. I'm still holding out that there might be this might be used as an excuse to get rid of of Joe. But even then, that doesn't necessarily run contrary to what Todd and Tim are saying. Uh, even if Kamala takes over, they might not like her either. So just get to, you know, kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. You wonder would they have gotten rid of him if Kamala's numbers were not so poor? Going to her just seems like a desperate ploy and an obvious one. Uh It doesn't do anything to inspire people, I think. All right, we'll come back. We're going to turn our attention to foreign policy because that's clearly what the two political parties care about a lot more than you not having baby formula for your children. We'll address that in a moment. You know, I've got people now emailing me asking me to put my real estate agent, Scott Rimsberg, on the show as a guest to interview him for real estate tips. That's actually not a bad idea, but uh, it's all because of, I mean, I, I last worked with Scott as a real estate agent 16 years ago, but he did such a great job that for the last 16 years, everybody here in my community that's come to me and asked me for an agent, I have recommended him, including Aaron. Okay. I mean, so everybody that's come to me, I like or care about. Uh, I just have complete trust in Scott having gone through this with him. And that's what you're looking for when you get involved in the real estate market, especially during these unprecedented times. Bing. You are looking for an agent that you'll be recommending to your friends and family for years to come. Where would you find that kind of a person? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. And this was a company started by some of uh, Glenn Beck and some of his associates because they ran into real estate agents. They found out too late that they could not trust and they don't want that to happen to you. So head to the website just about anywhere you want to move to or from here in the United States. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's welcome back in conservative comedian extraordinaire Tim Young here. He's our guest panelist for this week's weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three. Ukraine. In the face of a severe baby formula shortage, new all-time highs for gas prices continued. Historically high inflation, food processing plants from sea to shining sea apparently spontaneously combusting, and an overall economy either in or on the brink of recession. The U.S. House of Representatives this week voted to send $40 billion of aid to Ukraine. Of the 208 House Republicans, only 57 voted against the measure. Even on the Democrat side of the aisle, every 
every single member of the squad, AOC, Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, etc., voted in favor of the measure. Nowhere can you find the Ukraine fetish more strong than Congressman John McCain with an eye patch. This week, he accused Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of angling for a TV job with Russia Today after she voted against the measure. He also revealed the motive behind his and the rest of the swamp's fetish for warmongering with Russia, saying, quote, investing in the destruction of our adversary's military without losing a single American troop strikes me as a good idea. You should feel the same. I guess Ukrainians are just chattel to the globalists inside Washington. Senator Rand Paul blocked an effort in the Senate for quick passage of the bill until next week. Also, Mitch McConnell saying that this is the most important issue. Everybody agrees, he says, that this is the most important issue in Ukraine. So, Todd, let me start with you. And when I put this together as the first question, it dawned on me, all the years I've been doing this, and you guys have now worked with me for going on, it's going on, I think, seven years for you, Todd, six years for Aaron. We've never really discussed this question. So let's discuss it now. Why do so many of the dominant politicians in both parties stand for other countries more than their own? I mean, if there was ever a time for AOC and Tlaib and Omar to do to the Democrat leadership what Newt Gingrich did to the Republican leadership in 1990 over the over Bush violating his no new tax pledge and using that essentially as the wedge against the establishment to set himself up for future political prominence, this would be the moment. I would imagine there's probably a lot of minorities that vote Democrat that don't give a bleep about Ukraine when they're playing dodge the bullet downtown Chicago every weekend. And yet almost nobody did. Almost nobody did. Why? Actually, I think we have talked about this. It's just in a different vein. And Steve, what is it you always say about politicians uh, running to do something versus be somebody? Listen, I, I think talking about international issues uh, is is like why why a bunch of people end up taking you know junkets as ambassadors to backwater countries. It's, it makes them feel exotic. It feels like vacation. They're play acting. They talk about uh, nations they they've never even heard of and don't understand. But it's the, this is. This is important. The light's on. They don't feel like that down walking in the inner cities trying to solve inner city problems. That's the ghetto. I didn't get into this for the ghetto. I'm a rock and roll star. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's the shallowest. Whatever, Steve, is the shallowest possible answer you can conjure in your mind and your soul. That's the one. You just said this is the political version political elite version of virtue signaling basically is what you're talking about yeah they think they're an american idol when they're talking about ukraine that's why all the flags are there this is that's it what do you think tim uh i you know i had to think of the word laundromat this week because i call it lavanderia that's how long i've been a texan now uh i think it's because a lot of these foreign countries are a large laundromat for their money ultimately i think that they're invested in the military industrial complex they're getting kickbacks from it you know if not the person directly then their family and we knew that about ukraine with all of our top politicians and it's both sides of the aisle i think a lot of these countries you get you know an ngo or whatever over there and you funnel your money through it you funnel government money through it to back to your friends and your family i like both of those answers quite a bit aaron what do you say i have been rethinking our foreign policy a lot in recent days or recent uh, months i should say 
in in light of what we've seen over the last couple of years, starting with with COVID. And I'm more on more in line with with Tim. Yeah, I it's it's always um, at least with the the boomers forward. It's it's been a lot of I feel important by uh, making uh, declarations about foreign countries and solving problems over there. It, it is very shallow. But I think if there is any substance behind what we're seeing now, and perhaps what we've seen post World War II, it's that there is a cabal of people whose life is made very difficult by other nations seeing themselves as sovereign over their own affairs. <laughs> Russia is one of those nations. Russia might be the only nation, actually, of consequence. I'm not saying that Russia is a good place or that Vladimir Putin is a good person. Neither of those things I don't think are true, certainly not a, the latter. But I think there is an overall impulse that there is... Um, there's a cog in the machine, or there's a there's a there, there's a fly in the ointment here. There's a misplaced cog with Russia. You don't see yourself as part of the global community. Uh, it's like I, I think I think the rest of the world sees Russia the way the doctor sees the main character in uh, in Idiocracy. Uh, why, 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 why come you don't got a tattoo? Uh, that's that's what I think Russia represents in this context. That's what I think maybe has repre- has been represented in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, we got to show you peons. Uh, you got to be a part of the global community and or uh, you know launder our. So I think right now I think with Russia specifically, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not that uh, there's. They necessarily think they're an evil empire. It's just you don't want to be a part of our new world order. Essentially, even if they won't say that, uh, you got to go down. I think that's what's driving this, and maybe what's driving uh, or been driving a lot of international conflicts uh, post World War II. It's a great answer. That's a great answer too. I think all three of your answers were great, and I think absolutely all three of them tie in to the t- tie in together. So then if I'm an average American voter watching or listening to this right now, what's my response to that? Um, create your own sovereign country, basically. I mean, mm. it's what we talk. You get, it's what we talk. When you get pulled over by the cops, just uh, call yourself a sovereign citizen. <laughs> yeah, there you, you can't go. Get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's what we've talked about as well. I, and there's no, there's no, there's no excuse why an Iowa or a South Dakota or North Dakota or Texas shouldn't be as red as California is blue. Divorce yourself from the globalist cabal that's trying to run Washington D.C. That's either e- easier said than done, but I think that's. I think that's the I think that's the the path forward. Well, and uh, the ahead. average American is again citizenship is a job. You you never get to sign it off on it and let somebody else do it in perpetuity. Otherwise, you end up right where we are now. William F. Buckley was not actually making a joke about the fifty random people from the phone book. That's actually a mathematical equation that is guaranteed to make this country better if you are willing to be one of those random people. Then I think that that there's another angle then based on all three of your answers that asserting because if if everything that the three of you said is true, and I I think that there's an immense amount of truth in all three of your answers, then there is a political calculation here by the system then too, in that asserting 
itself via this, these slates of issues disempowers us from doing what Aaron just suggested. You see what I'm saying, right? Okay. That, you know, I think a lot of us were thinking about, about switching to Ukraine as the subject coming out of the failure of the COVID jabs and everything else and the loss of the Supreme Court of the jab mandate and how they originally just instantly flipped the script to Ukraine. But maybe it was also meant to change the subject from Ron DeSantis. I mean, yeah. other than other than the Disney groomer thing, you have not heard as much about what DeSantis is doing in Florida because they have they've changed the perception of even what we're talking about to more of this globalist internationalist viewpoint. Maybe I'm not explaining it well. Do you, do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That even even if these things are immensely unpopular, then changing the focus to them disempowers our our focus from doing what Aaron is talking about. Well, Any thoughts thoughts on that? It's your book. They're always going on offense. Even if they're losing, even if it's a bad offense, it's still an offense, which and, and most of our politicians, again, are the kind of people I said who are just looking for a spotlight, who are reactionary, who are incapable or disinterested in going on offense themselves. Of course, you're right. Let's get to the exit question. 90 days from today, 90 days from today, what is Ukraine's status as a country? Open ended question. Tim, I'll start with you. Uh. Well, they might have to wear masks if there's a new variant of COVID that comes out. You know, that, that should be warming up soon, right? Uh, but I believe it, we're going to be still in the standstill and they will ha need another $60 billion. So just the, a, a perpetual machine is basically what yeah. you're saying. All right. Scott? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's that. I can't... Uh, it, I can't imagine a different uh, scenario because this you 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 too seem to codify right there that this thing uh, has a yakety sax soundtrack that isn't going to end anytime soon. <laughs> Aaron, nice. I think it, this is going to go on into perpetuity until somebody calls somebody else's bluff. All right, let's get to our kicker question for issue four. If you could force both parties to show bipartisanship but on an issue that directly impacts the American people for a change. What issue would that be and why? Aaron. So any issue whatsoever. I can just pick out, pick any issue whatsoever. Um, yes. We're going to go with school choice. I think that would, I think that would have a, a great deal of impact. I think that would allow market forces to come into play with uh, with our country's education system. And when there's uh, competition, I think generally, generally good things happen. All right. Todd. Uh, mine would was the exact same answer. And along with that, uh, to show how serious we were about this, I would get rid of the uh, School of Education. And at least in the very near term, no budget slashing. Take whatever amount of money is allocated there. Block granite to the various states proportionally. Uh, and again, make these things uh, truly uh, be these experimental labs of education. And therefore, you are left to reap the consequences of your experiments if they go bad. Tim. Why is everything always so deep on this show, Steve? Jeez. I just, you know, I want them to come together and make sure that the Zoom connection works when I get in here. I mean, obviously, Aaron and I have the same issue with it. It's been a problem. But, I mean, really, uh, inflation. I think inflation is the thing. I think we need to stop printing money. I think uh, if, if both, if I could make them come together on one issue, it would be balancing the budget. 
we start from there. Hmm. Predictions. Todd, go. Oh, my goodness. My prediction is that the fall uh, school board meetings will once again be a proxy uh, for national politics and particularly the coming election. So in September and October, you are going to have a lot of people protesting. We just had it in Linmar, Iowa here regarding um, uh, the usurping the rights of uh, parents regarding transgenderism. That is going to be full throat in September and October. Aaron? Uh, I've got Golden State over Milwaukee in the NBA <laughs> Finals. I've been actually following the NBA Finals this year. It's been really entertaining, actually. There you go, Tim. You wanted something more shallow, and Aaron there delivered for you. There you go. What's there your we go. No, I, I, I think we're going to see a new crop of leaders. I, I really like the prediction that school board meetings are going to be uh, – uh, the the battleground, the early battleground. And by the way, that dude that keeps going and acting out at the school board meeting, can you stop? Can you like I don't I forget <laughs> his name. Like the first one was cute. It's old now. That needs to stop. Stop annoying. And and he's going to conservative uh, city council meetings. Stop it. Please stop. Let let real people go to these things now. I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, Steve, no, no, no. Here, Steve, I want you to then you and I need to get in a room and I'm going to play all 35 of these things that he's done. And we'll end by about number eight. You'll be like, please stop. No more. This is torture. There's a lot of things that you made me do 35 times in a row. I'd probably tell you, please stop. This is torture. (laughs) You're right. Uh, My prediction is that in protest of the leak of the draft majority opinion on Roe v. Wade, Chief Justice John Roberts will actually end up joining the majority to overturn it, if for no other reason than to defy the attempt to undermine his precious institutional integrity idol that he holds so dear. That is my prediction, that that will end up being a 6-3 decision now. That's a good one. Yeah, That's Mm -hmm. a good one. I can see that. I can see it not happening, but I can definitely see it happening. It's the most Robertson, Robert C. move, right? There's, there's no basis mm-hmm. in truth behind it. There's no validity to it. It's not a deeply thought through issue. It's just all this, you know, and, and political gamesmanship and, cra- and and statesmanship and house of cards craftsmanship. There, there's no constitutional scholarship behind it. it. To me, it's the most John Roberts of plays. In a strange way, I'd actually respect him more if in spite of this, he actually stuck to his original mamby-pamby watered-down viewpoint because that would be one of the most consistent trains of thoughts that John Roberts has had as the chief justice of the United States over the last going on 20 years. So there you go. Tim, good to see you as always, brother. God bless. All right. Take care. Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll come back. Hour two is coming up and feedback Friday coming your way. Your turn to take over the conversation when we return. Number two here, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. If I sound and look a tad different, it's because, again, I'm on location. I'm speaking around the state of North Carolina here this weekend. If you want all the information on that, I'm doing a fundraiser tonight in the Raleigh-Durham era. I keep saying that. Area. Raleigh-Durham area. Okay. And then uh, a couple of places, including the Charlotte area, 
tomorrow. Uh, all that information, if you if you live here in North Carolina, you want to come by and say hello. Uh, the two events I'm doing tomorrow are free of charge via free, uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition. Uh, you can uh, just go to all my social networks right now, and I've got all that information posted for you. Just look for Steve Dace on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab, at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. And don't forget that you can get clips of the show that are both free to watch and free of censorship whenever you head over to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. And as we do each and every day at this time, we want to thank all of you that do this via the podcast. Please, if you have yet to do so, leave us a five-star review and then also uh, hit the subscribe or follow button. Thousands of you have done that for us already. We appreciate each and every one of you. And every day we just want to say thank you for doing that. Another thing that I want to do uh, that because we appreciate you is give you a good recommendation with a product that is part of my daily regimen. I take it with me wherever I go. Went and worked out uh, this morning here at the hotel gym. And then, like I do when I'm at home, I took my post-workout recovery. Part of it is uh, Omega XL. That's a part of my daily regimen, particularly as we get older, uh, folks. Uh, our joints just become, they're, they're not just uh, for flexibility and activity and mobility any longer. Unfortunately, it can also become little hubs for inflammation. And that's what's likely causing that pain and stiffness in your joints, which manifest as that achiness and soreness that just won't go away in your back, your knees, your hip, uh, your neck. That's where Omega XL comes in, an all-natural anti-inflammatory, backed by going on three decades of clinical research and now three years of me using it, uh, every single day. I'd highly recommend this product. You can get it right now. Buy one, get one for free. When you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right, we welcome back in Todd and Aaron as well. Gentlemen, you ready to get some feedback Friday? Yes, let's do this. All right, let's get through as many of these as we can, which means probably two. Let's begin with uh, Barry Savitz. He writes, the only good thing about abortive patients being sold at Amazon, as you guys revealed to me this week on the show, is it again proves we do not need Planned Parenthood anymore. So just defund it completely. After all, um, if you can do and then you can have all of your abortions through the United Nations, if you want uh, time to shut down all funding for Planned Parenthood, if I can get what they do everywhere else, why are we funding them at all, even beyond the morality of this situation? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, well, this, the same is true of getting rid of teachers' unions. So you have to beg the question, why, what is their primary reason for existing, if not for what they claim to do? And it's because they are political advocacy arms they they mm -hmm. they do the heavy lifting and electioneering for one party and one party only mm -hmm. i think that's a clever uh topic of debate or a clever uh uh a way to debate this and a snappy talking point in terms of mm -hmm. practicality of it you know uh, i'd love to see I'd love to see some state legislatures or uh, maybe somebody uh, at the national level just launch a bill. Hey, uh, alternatives already exist for these things. Why, you know, we're, we're not funding abortion uh, at the national level. Um, so why are we giving any money to Planned Parenthood whatsoever if these if alternatives can be found elsewhere? Um, 
I think that's I think that I would like to see leftists reaction to that. Glad you went there, Aaron, because this is why I selected Barry's email and put it atop the list. Because I'm a messaging guy, I'm a strategy guy, as you guys know. That's my that's my niche. That's my background professionally in this arena. On top of you know doing uh, content, and I thought that was very clever messaging by Barry, and it, it made me kind of jealous. I'm like, damn, I maybe should have thought about that myself. I thought, and 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 I like it when our audience thinks ahead of us. I like it when. The get when 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 they get ahead of us and 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 I'm thinking through these kinds of angles and ways to turn arguments and turn phrases and put it back because what he points out is that it's just there, really for what you said, Aaron and, and Todd. It's just there from a political posture standpoint. There's nothing I couldn't get everywhere else if I can if it's so common now I can get abortifacients on Amazon, which. It is. And it reminds me, you know, in a, a totally different slate of issues. But just to show you, there was never any such thing as socially conservative, socially liberal, but fiscally conservative was always a canard, never existed. There's like one percent of voters that this applies to. OK, just to prove this, this actually is what was behind too big to fail with the crash in 2008, the old hard money and soft money in the old days of funding, that there was a limit on what you could give to an individual campaign, but there was no limit to what you could donate to the political parties themselves. And some of their biggest donors were these lending houses, were these banks, these central banks, these central creditors, that by rights, many of them, or several of them, should have gone under for their business practices. But remember, they were deemed too big to fail, right? You guys remember this? Too big to fail really meant, snap, man, I mean, if these guys go under, who's cutting those massive seven and eight figure soft money checks yep. to the RNC and DNC? That's what it really meant. Yep. It's a it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. All right. So these these institutions are help subsidize the political parties. The political parties use their power to basically indemnify them from the liability that they deserved to face. And, and in exchange for indemnifying them, the subsidy continues. In exchange for the subsidy continuing, so does the indemnification, right? That's that's essentially what we're talking about here. Just gangster government, basically, right? That's what we're talking about. I got nothing but disgusting agreement with that. Same. And probably thoughts you can't say because they would get us completely deplatformed everywhere, yes. I would imagine. You're right. And I think everybody has those thoughts. So let us move on. All right. Brian in Minnesota says, here's a simple mental test on transgenderism. I challenge everyone to walk into any hardware store and tell the clerk you need a repair. Now you need a repair end for a garden hose. The clerk will ask, do you need a male or female end? You reply, I'm not sure what the end identifies as. I know the clerk will give you the look of we need to call the Keebler elves of white coat and in the white coats to put you on the disoriented express to get you to the motel lunatic for a rubber room. So along the same lines, I like this. I like this. Our, our people guys, they're picking it up. They're figuring it out. They're learning how now to actually make these arguments. And they're thinking of stuff. I need to, this is another one. I should have thought about this one. Never even dawned on me that this is just, the common male-female argumentation on virtually every aspect of society, right? And this is a very common one. What would happen if you walked in and said, well, I'm not sure, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to identify the ends 
the 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 uh, the, the 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 ends of the uh, the, the instruments as male or female. I mean, that would make me a bigot. He, I, I thought this was another very clever, snotty, smart take from Brian in Minnesota. It is clever, but uh, remember, and I firmly believe it. It doesn't mean stop argumentation, but we are post argument. It one plus one, they will proudly say it equals uh, cucumber, and you can't talk them off that wall. And mocking them may make them mad, but it won't shame them. Uh, and mi- minus the shame that will lead to uh, repentance. That's why being post argument, it is what are you prepared to do? Uh, territory. I mean, we we we've got the funny arguments. We've got the logical arguments. Um, we've got the simple arguments. We, we've got them all. This is it's Steve. It's I, I'm summing up again what you said about yourself and why one of the reasons why you went on uh, MSNBC at all. You you wanted to see what in the arena what the arguments were, what uh, what the capacities to make the arguments were, and it turned out there was no there there. I agree with what Todd said in terms of um. This won't shame the people wielding this ideology, Aaron. But I absolutely think, and maybe you agree or disagree, we'll find out. I, I absolutely think, though, there's a lot of Americans that are neutral third parties on this stuff. Right, and that's where I was going to go. Yeah, and I think they absolutely can be embarrassed into, into signing on to such utter dumbassery. Yeah, so, so the reality is, going back to, bleep, Lord Nefarious said this week, Dr. Fauci, the same week that he's presented with an honorary degree of science, very broad, vague term, an honorary degree of science from the University of Michigan, lauded by that crowd of clapping seals at one of the foremost educational institutions in the United States, the very same week that he receives that, he is asked, uh, what's a pandemic? You're the nation's foremost you know, virologist, immunologist, epidemiologist. And his answer was, ah, we got strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. That's his answer. But yet, the very same week, he was lauded by clapping seals. That's what Todd means by post-argument. Mm-hmm. Ar- post However, sure. to, your, to your point, the snappy messaging like this absolutely can be used, absolutely can be used to provoke them to show their butts, to provoke them to show how crazy they actually are so that we'll find out what, whether or not it's true that there are a lot of third parties, uh, my standards in, in America, uh, which I happen to think that there are, but whether or not that's true, using these tactics can force the crazies to out themselves. And we'll, we'll find out one way or the uh, other how many people are actually crazy and how many people actually hate the crazy. Tell me what you guys think of this statement. If I said, at this stage of America's cultural devolution, I am not attempting to evangelize the mob outside of Lot's house as much as I'm trying to isolate it. It's a contagion. I'm trying to stop its spread. And hey, I would absolutely love it if, if, in that process, even one of them woke up and said, wow, this is, this is dumb. I'm, I'm leaving. But ultimately, 
my, I'm trying to do cultural triage at this moment, and I'm trying to isolate them as the ridiculous, foolish cult that they actually are. And that's why these sorts of snarky, clever forms of arguments do prick the conscience of those who might be inclined to go with who they think has the most. To go to kind of go along to get along and sign on to things that they are like, I don't know if this is smart, but you know, I don't want to let's not rock the boat, right? Okay. And what I'm trying to do is is at this stage of our cultural devolution, get the attention and prick the conscience of those who might be largely passive, but not in agreement with the spirit of the age yet, in order to provoke them from joining its ranks. If I said that that was what I was thinking strategically at this moment, how would you guys respond? Well, that's along the lines, and I agree with it, of what you said earlier this week about the importance of provocation, provoking the fight. I can't remember the specific context earlier this week, but I agree entirely. Uh, to, to, to rile up, to get things to the next obvious stage to the most people. So we can get real. And, and again, this is important to me because, as you know, I think it's vitally important that we get all manner of people, particularly uh, the men of this country, out of their current uh, largesse, their comfort zones. They're drunk on it. It's their crack. They, they, they think in terms of nostalgia and Americana and things that simply cannot Last, I mean, I mean it existentially, existentially certain that these things cannot last if the men in this nation continue to sit by and not understand what's at stake and how quickly the game will be up if we do not enter the arena. So, yes, if that if the argument is 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 made to provoke rather than to believe that you can speak in dulcet tones and the person is arguing with equal levels of authenticity across the uh, aisle from you, because if you believe that, you're just a sucker and you deserve to lose. But if you are really trying to provoke the next phase of the great drama of returning the second wave of the American Revolution, I'm in. Yeah, what you're describing on a on a larger scale is what DeSantis and the Florida legislature did with with Disney, because now in recent in the last couple of weeks, we had a large PR firm that that represents and advises several, I mean, multinational brands telling their clients, OK, pump the brakes on the woke stuff here. At least for a little bit, pump the brakes on this. Disney, have you heard a peep out of them since since this happened? I just saw the Daily Wire has a story on this. Netflix has come out with a new uh, culture memo for yep. their company. And they said, uh, yeah, no more. If if you have a problem working on content that offends you, you can go find another job. They fired the, uh, the the dude pretending to be a woman or vice versa who led the employee walkout over the Chappelle comedy special. Now, it may be a little too little too late uh, for them, judging by the, the, the state of their stock prices right now. But that's what I think on a, on a larger scale, on a macro scale, kind of what you're talking about. A line is drawn. No, you're not crossing this. We're going to F with you if you do. And uh, Disney crossed that line. And now they are thoroughly, uh, they, they, a message was sent. So I think what you're t- describing here is, um, is on a, on a smaller scale, um, already been played out in Florida. Great point. So what we're also saying then is we actually are trying to get this to go to its law. We want, we're trying to, we're trying to, 
you want an analogy? I'll give you one. We are we are trying to get this bat coronavirus that we are operating on in a lab. We are trying to provoke it to its next stage of evolution on purpose. If you get my analogy, yeah. that's what we're doing here. We we want that thing to radicalize and go where it really wants to go anyway, where it's dying to go anyway. But we wanted to do it on our timetable. Yeah. Before the culture has been anesthetized to the to the previous stage of devolution already, and and all the institutions have come in line, and now everybody's like, well, I guess that's the new normal. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but I don't I don't be the one I don't want to be the one big in the room speaking up against it. So I'll just keep my mouth shut. No, we are actually the Ralph Barracks now. Okay, we are actually in that lab provoking this contagion to spill over to its next stage of microevolution. But in this case. Uh, it is so that people can actually see in, in, in its natural habitat what it ultimately wants to do to you as a person, to your family, to your culture and your country before it has all of its narrative set up in order to force the, the most of the culture to comply with it, even if they find it nuts. That's kind of what we're saying here now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and in another context, uh, we've talked about uh, the the carrying of um, uh, the political Democrat political class. How uh, the statistics show that they're even uh, doubling down, uh, gaining more percentage points in the direction uh, of Joe Biden and the Democrats' policies. But listen, that that's 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 happening in the vacuum. I talked about. Uh, male leadership if men are called uh, to be and answer that call uh what they are truly uh, supposed to be they, we we don't have this problem it, and so it's it's important to identify that statistically as something that's really going on but the antidote is in our hearts it's in our chests and we mm-hmm. need to do something about that amen well said before we continue on with feedback friday you know, Aaron was just mentioning what's going on with uh, woke flicks and what's happened to their stock. They've lost hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So maybe some of these corporations will begin to wake up. But that doesn't mean, though, that we still don't need to transform the marketplace because there's still way too much of the subsidizing of this crazy coming from corporate America. That's why when there's an opportunity to do business with partners that share your values and aren't actively out there trying to end your way of life, take full advantage of it like there is with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. Our family finally made the switch last fall. Like a lot of you, we, you know, we're like, this is going to be a big hassle. Will it make that much of a difference? Finally, we had just seen enough from corporate wokeism that we were like, no matter how big of a hassle it is, let's just go ahead and do it. And they did a great job making it as seamless for us as possible. So I I know they can do that for you as well with their outstanding uh, U.S.-based customer service team with uh, really the same coverage you got from your major provider before because everybody uses the same towers these days. But now you know that you're not directly giving money to people that hate you. If you want to make the switch right now, if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you give them a buzz. And they'll give you extra savings as a way of saying thank you. Uh, for everybody else, you can get a free activation code right now. When you type in Steve uh, with the offer code Steve, when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, that's the offer code Steve at patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or call them at 877, you know what, let me make it simple for you, 972-PATRIOT. Call them at 972-PATRIOT. That works as well. All right, let's get to this note from Janet, guys. 
Janet says, I find it interesting that my oldest daughter needs a religious exemption for the jab to work at a hospital. However, my other two daughters can teach in the public schools in the same county, and there is no jab or religious exemption requirement. There is no mention of it at all upon being hired. Both institutions have equal staffing shortages at the moment. How do we explain this? So, gentlemen, how do we explain it? Well, the the heightened hostility, the cult of, I mean, God knows we've seen a cult of personality uh, within uh, hospitals, uh, unlike anything we could have predicted. And as Steve has hinted at, uh, he's working on something that's going to, I mean, blow your mind when it comes to that. Uh, but uh, what, well, Steve, what are you regularly calling uh, the schools these days? Uh, Satan's Youth Ministry? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's just that. I mean, look at what the grooming going on there. Uh, the, it It's clearly overrun more of the people there it's been and 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 let's quite frankly in the schools of education it can you don't need to be a phd to be a really good teacher in any number of subjects you need to you know like kids like the subject matter but a bachelor's degree is just fine for teaching chemistry or for teaching english or for teaching u.s uh history and that's actually been part of this grift this whole do- time uh, is is that t- hyping it up into this expertise and all this stuff. And that's how you get this other stuff. So everybody feels smarter than the real. It couldn't just be what it is. Whereas in the hospitals, listen, all that BS uh, being said and, and <laughs> every word I'm saying it, I'm, I'm thinking what Steve is working on in the back of my head and how this is going to the gap is closing. For sure. But, you know, you you do have to get PhDs in order to be a really good surgeon. You just have to be doing more time doing real stuff, cutting people open, trying to cure cancer. There's just there should be less opportunity for distraction. So I think that might speak to why this is the case. So I think uh, I think there's just going off of kind of anecdotal stories and, and um, uh, experiences. I think there's two different factors at play. I have a friend, a, a close friend of mine, who works as a PE teacher in a rural, one of the probably smallest schools in Iowa. Two of the biggest things that he, when we talk and catch up and see how work's going, uh, two of the biggest complaints that I've heard from him the last couple of times is the gender stuff. This is a rural, small Iowa school. There's some kid there um, who requires his, her, I can't remember, uh, own uh, private space for changing. And that's a, a headache for my buddy to try to arrange. That stuff and the parents of kids and the kids themselves. Parenting like Todd or Steve or what I was blessed to grow up with or what my wife was blessed to grow up with and what I'm sure exists in our audience right now. Parenting like that is just not the norm. Hmm. The kids, even this is you would think it would be different in a small 
rural Iowa school, but it's not. The kids are difficult, some of them, to deal with. And that really, I, if that's the way it is at a school like that, I, I, I don't know what it's like. And I'm sure Todd could probably testify to the same. So you are in, in, in that context, you are like the police officer in the broader context. You are the cartilage between chaos and some form of uh, order and and uh, and uh, rest and you know peace uh, working as a teacher because your job is not easy. So I don't think it's as it's as alluring as a job as it once was unless you know maybe you're in it for other reasons. Uh, with the hospitals as well, the vaccine I think is a big thing. Vaccine, the jab is a big thing. Uh, along with so that's a big thing along with being overworked at least in in the hospital system that i systems that i'm aware of here in iowa the, the staff largely is is overworked because there is a staffing issue and there's a staffing wish issue because the staff is over o- overworked uh secondarily to that uh with the traveling nurse phenomenon that really began uh, to take off in 2020, these traveling nurses can get paid a heck of a lot more than those who just stay at their job. And so why am I staying here getting paid less than a traveling nurse who can sometimes make upwards of one uh, to 1.5 times as much as I'm making right now? Uh, That's a big problem as well. So uh, underpaid, overworked. That's kind of the main thing. Hey, one more thing to make my point and, and Aaron helped bring it to life is that before COVID and we've had criticisms of nurses, we've been complimentary of nurses in the proper context, you know, the TikTok videos and that being annoying and things like that. But remember before COVID, as it applies to vaccination, one of the most skeptical professions of vaccines was nurses. And that speaks to my point about there's just a, a level. I, the, the, if you take that group of people and the current TikTok group of, of uh, uh, teachers, I think the teachers are just further over the ledge. Now, maybe maybe the nurses want to sprint to catch up now after COVID. I pray to God not. But that was kind of what was behind my answer. I remember seeing along those lines, Todd, I remember seeing last year estimates from several major medical systems and or studies anywhere of 10 to 25 percent of doctors and nurses at these institutions were not getting the jab right which means they're dramatically outnumbered okay but it 10 to 25 percent you're the committed anti-vaxxer here right yeah you guys don't represent you might you might by the time covid uh, jabbing is over okay right but right but, but you you guys don't don't represent ten to twenty five percent of the population, do you think that much? Oh, definitely not twenty five. I mean, it's been okay. growing. I mean, we we may be they're growing it for you. No yeah. question about. It. Yeah. I mean, they keep on this. They're going to add me to their ranks here in another three months. The way this is going, but um, the the reason here's why I bring that up. If there is a higher proportion or ratio of jab or in general vaccine skeptics at the highest levels of direct personal health care right. outpaces the public in general. What does that say? And that can also be one of the reasons why they're so demanding of this is they know what it says. But I think all this has been about conditioning you for a never ending series of injections as treatments going forward, rather than medications, primary care physicians. It's just all utilitarian. 
the national guidelines say this is the injection for this, so we inject you with that and we move on. I think that's what this has all been about. And if you've got a higher proportion of the people that would that would either um, prescribe these or administer them, if there's a higher proportion of them that are skeptical of these products within the industry themselves or itself compared to the public at large, then eventually the public at large is going to catch up with that and you lose control of your narrative and the agenda. And that's why they have to force it at this level. Thoughts on that real quick. Uh, so say we all, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe you say things like that in the last two years. It's just phenomenal what's happened to the world that Steve Dace is uh, the, a megaphone that would have been just Todd Erzins before. I just, I just, I'm just doing observational science, man. I'm just paying attention to the last 26 months. That's all. We'll come back with more Feedback Friday here in a moment. Well, something else I always take with me when I'm on the road these days, Built Bar. And that's not easy to do, man, because these things are all covered in real chocolate, so you want to make sure they don't melt. But I find that if I put it towards the bottom of the suitcase, a little thermal insulation from the clothes, and they come out absolutely perfect. Um, I, when we took our anniversary trip to Vegas last month and now here in North Carolina to do some speaking over the weekend, I, I dug into the uh, pumpkin sp uh, stash. Remember, guys, I bought a whole bunch of the pumpkin uh, puffs uh, towards the end of the Halloween season to make sure I'd have enough to last me throughout non-pumpkin season. To, you know, whenever I've got a, I've got a Jones that uh, I've got to fix and I need a little doctor feel good. Well, I brought the pumpkin spice built puffs with me, but all of their flavors are great. They're all covered in real chocolate. Uh, it's the, the best tasting healthy snack you've had in your entire life, I promise you, at least from a protein bar standpoint texture and flavor that rivals a lot of the candy bars on the market but without the calories and the carbs and the sugar grams you don't want and you're not looking for almost all of these flavors are 140 calories or less what they call decadent might be 170 calories you won't believe how good these are get 10 percent off right now with my last name dace d-e-a-c-e -E, as your promo code when you go to built.com b-u-i-l-t for Built.com, get 10% off your order right now for Built Bar at Built.com. Promo code DACE. All right, guys, let's continue on with some Feedback Friday. This is from Adam Levitt. I'm not sure yet whether I should thank you guys or curse you out, but I thought I'd drop you a line and let you know that you guys are changing things with your show. Wisconsin's spring election was on April the 5th, and that's when new school board members are elected. Thanks to constant reminders like the answer is us and let's find out. I decided to run for my local school board along with two other challengers for the three seats that were up for reelection. Two of us, me being one of them, unseated those incumbents, bringing our board to three of nine being solid conservative members. I waited to send this email because I only won my race by six votes. And I was expecting a recount to be called for, but it never came. And so I was sworn in on April the 25th. I am concerned about the amount of work we can actually get done to reverse course on harmful curriculum to prevent COVID policies from ever being re-implemented again and to address the number of other issues facing our district. 
but I take comfort knowing your show and others I frequent will continue to be beacons of hope in dark times. P.S. If Todd has any tips or advice from his experience dealing with his local school board, please let him know I would appreciate any pointers he might have time to offer. And again, that is from Adam Levitt, and well done, Adam. Well done, good and faithful servant. So, Todd, do you have any advice for him? Oh, well, first, you're right. You're going to lose all the time. So that just get used to that. But the, the the winning comes in provoking all the right fights and letting people know that you cannot be seduced like some high school teenager at the lock-in, you know, where they bring in the, uh, the, the hypnotist. Because they're going to... Uh, we're all here for the children and they're going to speak in these tones and you're, we're, we're going to uh, make sure that um, we, we, we preserve decorum. And no, 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 no. You get your point out. You don't care. You're not there to make feel good about themselves and their inner child, certainly the adults sitting next to you. And they, all of the so-called policy that they have, I guarantee you, I've seen it with my own eyes. They're happy to ignore their own policy whenever they want to. And they it's like the federal, when you, you have right now um, Elizabeth Warren talking about what's constitutional or not. She doesn't care about what's constitutional. She only cites it when she thinks it helps her. You're going to be surrounded by people like that, both the people that uh, were elected that think differently from you and certainly the bureaucrats in that school system but be, be if you make enemies of a lot of these people that's a sign you're doing things right if you're not making some enemies with them and don't go out of your way but listen this is just going to be unavoidable if you're doing this thing right you're going to have some people that really really don't like you the constant drip 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 especially at, at the local level of somebody like todd um confronting showing up it has an impact long term either that person is just going to get so tired of todd or uh hopefully multiple todds that they will move on and do something else uh the school board member uh or what have you local city council member or they will just get so fed up with you that they'll their mind they will decide that the policy that they're pursuing or the measure they're pursuing is not worth the drip 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 overall so it is having so todd is todd is right from what i've seen anyway as well you know uh lose a lot but you know outcomes like that what do we say they're up to god uh our duty our responsibility to uh our country ourselves uh but first and foremost as men your family uh is showing up showing up that's that's where it's at if you've done that, I, I think, you know, I don't want to say uh, you're, you've done your job, but that's like 60%, 60 to 75% of the job yep. right there. Yep. You nailed it. Both of you nailed it. Uh, in a way, Adam, what you imagine if cults had to have election to be on their uh, cult board, right? They don't, but this one does. Because it still has to, it still has to um, embody the notion uh, of it being a public institution. So, Todd, tell me if this is too strong. But essentially, Adam just got elected to the board of a cult. Yes. Okay. Then going in, know that that, and so you need that mindset. I think Adam to do what Todd just said. 
It's a cult. Like if, if you were elected to the board of Hale-Bopp and you, when they were convinced that on this date in 1998, they were going to have to poison themselves if the comet didn't come, you wouldn't follow decorum, right? You wouldn't follow tradition. You'd be like, hey, dude, stop. First of all, bull haircuts are for when you're six, number one. And number two, put down the hemlock, loser, right? You'd speak up. You would not just go with decorum and hush tones or institutional cohesiveness. You'd be like, this stuff's bad too crazy, and these people need to be stopped, from, first of all, from harming themselves first and top of others, right? That's how you'd behave if you knowingly acknowledged going in, wow, this is a cult, right? You would do that, right? Right. You need to do that with this. It's not a school board. It's hail bop. It's a cult. So you're not you're there to disrupt. You are there to turn over money changers. You are a disruptive, a disruptive presence. That's why you're there from the very beginning, a disruptive presence. You will not abide. Now you don't have to be rude about it, but Daniel, even while being polite, said, No, I know I listen, you guys castrated me against my will. No, I will not eat your unclean food. I'm just not doing it, but thanks. Just not gonna do it. Not gonna comply. Yeah. You have no as a as a school, right? And as a school board uh, uh, member, you you have no authority as a lone individual. You have you have no power. Uh, y- y- your power comes in the total vote, which is why you're just going to have to get along losing. Your, the, defiance, the, the defiance is where your power comes. As yes. Well. Yes, you are. You are. You you get to see how all the sausage is made. You, I mean, you are a citizen. Every citizen is is privy to uh, all the public records. But there you are. It has to be fed you. And you are now. A, you are a whistleblower. And blow that whistle loud, brother. Blow it loud. What you just said is so key. When in my old WHO local radio days, I originally thought the reason the Republican establishment hated me so much is because I was making such potent and, and persuasive arguments against them. But that was just my Southern Hemisphere and my ego talking. What made, what, the reason they really hated me, I, I, I mean, lots of people do that. They just call us blowhards and ignore us. You know why they, I found out later why they really hated me. It's because there were people in that caucus who agreed with us, who were one of us, but just had kept quiet, like Jim Gordon in Batman Begins. I'm not a snake. I'm not going to rat you out, but no, I'm not on the take. I'm not like you guys. But who would I? Then he says, "But who would I rat to in this godforsaken town anyway?" Right? Remember when he said yeah. this? Right? Okay. There were there were a few of us in that caucus already before I even got on the air. There was just no one to rat to. There was no one to talk to. I gave them the platform. They would come out of those cloak those caucus cloakrooms at the legislature and literally call right into the hotline of my show and tell the people of Iowa how the party was scheming to screw them on this issue. They put the amount of sunlight they put on this blew their minds. That's what they hated. Yep. They hated the exposure. They didn't hate my argumentation. They hated the use of the platform of exposure. You now have that is what Todd is saying. Yeah. Why do you think I, one guy, they got rid of three Twitter accounts at a school district because I used them. Same thing. Use that voice in every way you can. That's well said. Kate in New Jersey, I think, speaks for almost everyone in this audience with this. The deep state or bureaucratic hellhole that really runs our lives and wastes our tax dollars 
has become the cultic epicenter of the spirit of the age, and it lures new followers in with the promise of power and prestige, even if it's just a little piece of the pie. Not surprisingly, though, they actually embody the majority of the people that we have elected into office across both parties for many years. Those who go to Washington not to do something, but to be somebody. Because even if they turn out to be a nobody, the perks that comes with getting into that power center, as in the money, is just too good to give up by opening their mouths. So they'll never abandon that sacred cow. They're, they are on two sides of the same demonic coin. That's 100% correct. And that's why I feel and, and, and have this sense of urgency. Kate and all of you who think like this, which I, I, I don't know if you are watching or listening to a show like this, how you could not to some degree, because it's, it's tragically obvious. And there's only two ways a story like this ends. One of two, revival or bust. Revival or bust. Those are the only ways that this wins, or ends, I should say. It doesn't end any other way. And that's why those two things are the focus of our show. Revival, that's where the biblical worldview comes in. And then bust, this is where my concern is if that feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, if, if, if we start to embody that, we create John Browns. And, or we create Bull Runs and Fort Sumters and Bunker Hills. Now, those are some moments of great history, but understand more Americans died in the Civil War than every other war this nation has fought combined. More Americans died in Antietam than in any singular battle in the history of this country. And we have a peaceable means, as we were just discussing with Adam's note, to aggressively but peaceably. We are urging Adam to be aggressive but peaceable, but aggressive but peaceable, or meek, power under control. Not weak, meek. Aggressively peaceable in confronting this. We have a limited window. How limited that window is? I don't know. I don't know if that window is limited as this. I don't know if it's that. I don't know. I just know it's limited. It's not endless because of the track we're on. And unfortunately, we're up against a spirit of the age that will not be satiated. It will not be controlled or contained. It will only be defeated. And that is my fear, is that we will not take advantage of this limited window we have right now and bust it is then. That's my fear. Because every syllable, Kate, of what you wrote here is true. And it's actually been true for a while. It's just I think we're more willing to acknowledge this truth than we have been before. Gentlemen, you have any uh, final thoughts here in the final minute or so of the show? I just think we haven't mentioned this all day and it's kind of been the, the elephant in the room, but, um, we only, as, as you were talking about limited windows of, um, uh, of being able to, you know, change the course of history. There are only limited windows when, when greatness comes before you and you don't know it in the moment, but then in the in the aftermath, you're like, 
we just witnessed history. And I think it's important to, um, I want to say eulogize, she's not dead yet, but recognize uh, the greatness that is the one redheaded spinner of yarn known as Jen Saki on her last day. Greatness, the spirit of the age has used her to lie and obfuscate and to divide just about as well as, or badly, as anyone I have ever seen. And today is her last day as White House press secretary. And I just thought it's uh, it's good to take a moment to take stock of just how great of a liar she has been. You know, it's funny. I, I did used to be a, a great fan of the show The West Wing. And one of the most popular characters was the press secretary, C.J. Craig, played by a uh, g- great actress who I, her name's escaping me now, but she's gone on to plenty of other things. You know who she is. But one of the themes is just how important it was to to honor the the duty of uh, of holding up the truth and understanding there's some tension there but she to take care of the press corps because they're doing their job to take care of her boss the president to take care of the american people and that that's in the west wing about a democratic president and i we are like a lifetime from that because the sole goal of this particular presidency as it was applied to so many things and definitely this press secretary is are you a good liar and i'm talking jedi level and she was she's a terrible terrible person but she seems to be able to lie like that Hmm. so we're back to aaron's razor it's just demonic bro right yep i mean he was a liar from the beginning He's the father of lies. Isn't that essentially what And I here's the question, and, and it's so important, right. that's beyond rhetoric. Why is he the father? Because once you distance yourself from the ultimate truth, which is God, which is what Lucifer is doing, what incentive do you have to tell the truth? Right. You're actually, from an evil point of view, you're insane to tell the truth. You must lie. That's the goal. The lie is the point, as I've said. That's why she's been excellent as what she's done, but it should also clue you into how terrible the, terrible the goals of progressivism are. Which brings us back to Adam's note to close this out. Let's find out. Let's find out when we get involved and take a stand. Let's find out what happens. Everybody have a great weekend. Relax. The war will be back here again on Monday, I promise. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.